What's up, everybody? What is going on? Special podcast today. This is the All In Man Cave podcast. I am your host, Cole Haight. Special surprise podcast today. I've got a couple of individuals, one making a return to the podcast, another as a new member, a new honorary member of the All In Man Cave podcast. It's baseball day today. If you guys are avid football fans that are listening to this podcast, there's other sports out there. And let me tell you, one of them is baseball. So baseball, the MLB has been in a slew of, of media news, media coverage. There's a lot of stuff going on out there on the internet, but I want real people to talk about it. And let me be honest with you guys. I'm not the best person to talk about baseball. You guys have heard Tyler on the podcast before. Tyler will be making his return. My man, the Mets fan. We went up to Cooperstown, saw the Baseball Hall of Fame. He knew 85% of it. I knew 12% of it when we went there. So I'm glad to have him back on the pod. It's been a while. There's been multiple months of baseball. So there's definitely a lot to talk about. There's currently a lockout going on. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But to introduce the newest guest on the All in Man Cave podcast, my Basically, my trainer at work from the day I started at the current job that I work at, avid Phillies fan. So if you guys know, Tyler is an avid Mets fan. There will be no fighting on this podcast. These are some awesome guys, but great perspective. Uh, Tim played uh, high school baseball uh, a lot. He talks about baseball a lot. We talk about baseball at work. He loves it. the only person I know who loves baseball as much as Tyler does. So let's welcome Tim to the podcast as well. Guys, say hi to the people out there. Hello. Hello. All right. So they're here. They're ready to talk baseball. Let's do it. So the first thing we're obviously going to talk about in this MLB podcast is definitely the lockout. So there hasn't been a lockout in the MLB since the 94-95 season. These players and these teams cannot speak with each other. They're basically at a work impasse. They're on strike, whatever you want to call it. That is what's happening. There's been some type of development since this began a thing uh, on December 1st, effectively December 2nd uh, of 2021, uh, now newly in 2022. Um, However, there's a lot of things that can come from this that are not positive, especially for the lovers of baseball, for baseball players, and especially baseball fans and these organizations. So basically, based on the fact that these teams can't come to any sort of agreement as to the owners of the teams, part of the association slash Major League Baseball, and the fact that they can't come to grips or come to terms on some type of payment uh, that they think is fair and equal there may be a delay in the baseball season. There's been Tyler and I have talked about it. Um, Tim and I have talked about it in different aspects at different times, but this has been a long time coming uh, from what I'm reading via the media, from what I'm learning from avid baseball fans and for what I'm just seeing and kind of inferring based on being a, a sports nut, a sports fan. So there's a lot of stuff out there right now. There's been a lot of changes. Uh, Originally it was kind of, geared towards uh, younger players and the fairness of those younger players on minor league baseball teams getting paid a fair wage and getting paid a a wage that's good enough uh, and them having a fair shot at getting to the MLB. Um, There's things out there that involve 
uh, a franchise tag, which doesn't exist in baseball, but does exist in other sports like the NFL. There's things out there that involve something that's called a CBT, which we'll talk about a little bit, which is basically the NBA's uh, version Uh, Sorry, the MLB's version of a luxury tax, which they use in uh, the National Basketball Association. And and it's a lot of stuff that's going to be a major change for not only uh, the the actual sport of baseball, but also for for baseball fans that have grown up watching baseball in a certain way. It's going to change a lot of how people view baseball moving forward. So there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of notes. I'm going to leave it up to these guys to talk about it. Their opinions are the ones that I want to trust. Uh, and I want to hear what they have to, to say about it. So uh, first off, Ty, let's start with you. Everything that is involved in this MLB lockout from the minute it started until today, how do you feel about some of those key, some of those key situations I just described that could change baseball, what they're looking at? How do you think, you feel not how do you think you feel, but how do you feel about the possibility of baseball changing in these ways? And, and do you agree with some of the stuff that they're trying to put forward or, or do you disagree with it? Um, I agree with it in certain aspects. I mean, I definitely think that like one of the major issues is that you have these teams, these small market teams where then maybe competitive for a year or two. And after that, they're just back to their old roots where they're not competitive at all. So Major League Baseball, the Players Association, they want that to change. They want every team to be competitive, including the small market teams. So I definitely agree with that. It makes baseball enjoyable to watch. Instead of, I mean, look at the Pittsburgh Pirates, for example. They haven't been relevant for years. And they have such a loyal fan base, but how long is that going to last? Small market team. Like, they're out, they're shadowed by the Steelers basically. So, and the Penguins, but I mean, you have the Marlins as well. Small market team been to the stadium. Can't have, they literally bring in maybe 8,000 people a game. So, I mean, definitely think every team needs to have a competitive advantage in some certain way. Like they all just need to perform well, but we shall see. It also comes down to drafting Um, money wise there should be a luxury tax, I think, or some type of what you want to call it salary cap. Cause it's these contracts are getting ridiculous. I mean, how many people do you know at 23 years old are signing contracts of 300 plus million dollars? No other sport does that. So uh, yeah, that needs to change the NBA style draft lottery. I don't watch the NBA, so I have no idea what that's like. So I'm just used to the old traditional, if you win the World Series, you're, you pick last, like pretty much like how it is in the in the NFL. So that's all I know about that. Um, but, I mean, there's definitely be a lot of changes. Universal DH, absolutely love. Absolutely love that. I don't think pitchers are should be hitting. I think their job is to throw a baseball and pitch and get – people out that's what they stick to that's what they should stick to i don't think that they should be running down the field and pulling a hamstring or tearing a hamstring whatever and now they're out for a month or two like that can change the whole outcome of your season and they agreed to that so i definitely love that idea 
copy that. I agree with you 100%. Um, and if you, all you guys out there, uh, NBA fans, uh, you're going to be laughing at this. But for all the other people that don't know how the NBA draft lottery works, uh, so basically how bad your team is during the season, uh, you get more ping pong balls in a giant bucket that somebody picks out of. Uh, so say you are the worst team, you get 20% more ping pong balls than the second team. Uh, and some old man goes out on the stage and picks a ping pong ball with a logo on it. Uh, and that's how you draft. So if that's basically the layman's term version of how the NBA lottery system works. Um, however, I'm interested to hear because Tim and I talk baseball, not as much um, as some people would think, but there's some key words I take from Tim when he talks about baseball and he's very passionate, but soft-spoken Tim, you've mentioned multiple times to me personally, uh, when we've talked about it, how you want to keep baseball away from more teams becoming like the New York Yankees. Does this new style of what this MLB is going to become based on some of the things that the players association are asking for? Do you think that this is, going to be more enjoyable how do you feel about some of this stuff that's coming out about some of the players that are talking about it about the players it's benefiting so that it basically will be able to make small market teams more competitive and there'll be less big head honchos like the new york yankees um i hope it changes out a little bit i i'm one of those people that that, like i'll see it when it actually gets put into effect and uh, believe it when I see it. Um, I will say one thing you talked about the Marlins being a small market team. Yes, I agree with that, but I also want to say, I think me and Cole had this conversation at work one day where I totally believe uh, Derek Jeter infiltrated that organization and sold every single player that would have made that team successful to the Yankees like 100%. And I just needed to say that. I love conspiracy theories on this. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is fantastic. I love it. I love the conspiracy theories on this. This is great. Uh, not only do I not know which players he's talking about, um, but I also had no idea that Derek Jeter owned the Marlins. So knows how much I know. Um, so interesting. Interesting. So more, so have you guys, so we have a a small market team, triple a team, sorry, not small market MLB team. We have a small market triple a team, which is the triple a affiliate of the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, which is the iron pigs. I so gladly enough worked there as a fry cook slash prep cook slash dishwasher for two years while I was there, met a lot of cool people. Yeah, not not the coolest people uh, that I could have possibly met while I was there. I wish I would have met them after I got out of college. Maybe they could have offered me a cool job. But I was I met some cool people, heard some weird some weird stories that went through that organization. I I like the small atmosphere. I like the players being smaller names, more or less. The the players themselves that have been on AAA teams that love the sport. And love playing the sport for the right reasons, not because you got hurt. You got hurt. And then now all of a sudden you have to play in AAA before you come back up. So it's very interesting to me about how these small market teams are going to be able to become more relevant. And I think that giving having the opportunity for minor league players to get paid more money for doing the thing they love 
might be a better option for the game of baseball as a whole, rather than maybe some avid fan or some owner or, or somebody who's invested a decent amount of money in some of these big franchises. So have you guys thought about the minor league impact of what this is? And what do you think about the minor league impact to, to, to making smaller teams bigger and how, it's possible that the minor league system could get smaller or it could get bigger. And what are you a fan of? Well, I mean, I, just a couple of days ago, major league baseball came out stating that they wanted to pretty much eliminate, eliminate how many minor league players they will draft or pick or whatever. And obviously the players association did not agree with that because now you're losing out on, you're losing out on potentially really good players. And I don't think that's going to be a, I don't think that's a great idea to keep the game of where it's at. Like everybody loves, well, not everyone, but baseball is quote unquote America's pastime. And I don't think if you eliminate how many people you select or make the minor league system smaller, it, like for what I read, it was 900 players. So if you eliminate 900 players, how's that good for the game of baseball? Granted, not all of them are going to potentially, they might not all potentially be in the major leagues, but 900 players every year, I mean, that would add up. So you can, you're going to lose a lot of players. So I don't think that's good at all for the game. Um, so I think, I think it's just MLB's way of let's save money. Granted, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, but hey, let's save money and eliminate jobs, I guess you can say. So I think adding more players or making the minor leagues bigger in an aspect, I think that's going to be good for the game. It's going to give, it's going to draw more attention. It's going to allow other people to pretty much do what they love is playing the game. So allow that to happen. Let's not eliminate because you just want to save money. Yeah. I 100% agree think? with you. Word. Um, I would, I would hate to see them lose like 900 uh, players every year. Uh, I'm a big fan of competition. And when it comes to like, if they, if they're going to get rid of 900 players and for all we know, one of those, uh, players that they're cutting could have potentially been the next Mike Trout if they were to have like been able to sit in the farm system and develop their skills. Uh, it, it, it is one of those things where like you can see it from both sides. However, yeah, I, I just don't want to see the farm system shrink because I love every single division of uh, the Phillies baseball. And like, I'm a big fan of at least double a Reading Phillies. And I would hate to see like maybe them having to lose. Are they saying where these 900 players are coming, like are going to be cut from? Would it be just completely overall? Like every organization would have to just get rid of X amount of players or is it going to be like single A or I forget what even I, the under single A is. And you have like, I mean, there's so many different divisions of single A from what I read. Like, and I was a long time ago, but I didn't, it didn't go into much detail of how they were, how they would determine who gets cut or if they make any cuts or anything like that. I just think from what it sounds like, it would be draft wise. Like they're going to, they would not make the draft as big or it'll shorten it. But 
I think it's just like a not a proposal, but just an idea that they had. And the players association completely terminated that idea. They're like, absolutely not. That's not something they're going to agree to. And the risk of losing someone who can change the game. I mean, look how many people that came up and changed the face of baseball. I mean, you have Jackie Robinson, you have Hank Aaron, you have Ken Griffey Jr. Like, imagine not having those players because you want to save money in some aspects. To me, that just does not make any sense. And every generation is going to have their own certain people and you're going to market these players. So to lose out on that potentially just does not make any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense at all to me uh, because regardless of where you cut those players from, it hurts another part of that farm system. So if you cut, say Tim was talking about, uh, are they going to come from triple a, are they going to come from single a, where are they going to come from? If you cut, most of them from a single A type situation, you're going to have less players to pick from to get up, to get closer to that MLB status. Whereas if you cut the triple A, now you're going to force teams into a free agent frenzy because you're going to have nowhere to go to get players What from another farm system, from their own farm system, all of them will be depleted. So regardless of what you think about, Uh, where they are going to come from the 900 players. And I agree with Tim a hundred percent. The competition is the thing that's uh, that drives most of these people Uh, to play a sport, to play a sport your whole life and to be potentially able to get to this big of a stage competition has got to be a part of it. They they don't just go out there and, and think they're going, okay. So next time I step on the field, I'm getting $13,416. That's not, that's not about it. They want to win and they don't care. And that's proven in these farm systems. However, let's talk about these free agent signings. Listen, so there's been a lot of big names. A lot of big names have moved. So let's talk about some of these big name free agent signings. Let's, I want to get your guys' impact on where these, te- where these players are going. I'll talk about where they came from and kind of the impact of their contracts a little bit. But there's a lot of big names, a, a couple Mets as well. So Ty, hold on to your pants here. Um, but so just a couple of them, just to outline, uh, the, the biggest of the big, all right. So we have Marcus Stroman, formerly of the Mets, uh, signs a three-year deal, $71 million with the Cubs. Uh, we've got Javier Baez, uh, last year, uh, started with the Cubs traded to the Mets mid season, or at some point during the season signs a six year, $140 million deal with the Tigers. We've got Robbie Ray, the Cy Young Award winner, um, formerly of the Blue Jays, uh, signs five-year deal, uh, $115 million deal with the Mariners. Uh, we've got the Rangers who picked up two studs, uh, Corey Seager from the Dodgers, 10 years, $325 million. That's up there in terms of one of the highest paid contracts uh, in recent MLB history, as well as Marcus Simeon who signed a seven-year, $175 million deal with the Rangers, formerly of the Blue Jays. So uh, those are a lot of big-name players. And and I know, uh, Tyler, with all the big moves that the Mets have made, they're going to pay out a lot of money as well. Uh, And a former Minnesota twin, uh, before we get to his name, which always makes me a little bit soft to hear hear somebody from Minnesota and somebody who played for the Twins is actually good at baseball. Um, But... 
the New York Mets, Max Scherzer, uh, biggest name probably in the lockout in terms of what his opinions are about what needs to be done uh, for players to want to play in the MLB. Uh, signs a three-year deal worth $130 million, uh, highest annual value in MLB history uh, at a little over $43 million a year. Uh, and that's comparable to a Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, is getting paid between 40 and 45 million. Uh, it fluctuates. Uh, he's probably the most polarizing player in the in the NFL league right now. Uh, he's he's one of the most polarizing players, as is Max Scherzer, uh, based on his performance in the past few years. So we'll see what happens there. Starling Marte, a pickup for the Mets as well, uh, formerly of. Uh, the Marlins and the Oakland athletics, which is technically the smallest market in baseball. I looked that up on the internet. So I know that it's true. No, I'm just kidding, but I'm pretty sure it's one of the smallest markets. So four years, $78 million and my Minnesota twins, man, Eduardo Escobar, who batted, I'm pretty sure under 200 um, for the entire length of his career in, in Minnesota for the twins. Uh, Two-year, $20 million. Ty, have fun with that in New York. I hope he doesn't bat under 200 because it's not going to be worth $20 million. Uh, probably wouldn't even be worth the bag of Doritos in my in my um, upstairs cupboard right now. So really hoping for good things for Eduardo Escobar. Um, interesting to know, Tim, uh, did the Phillies make any moves, departure, or arrival uh, that I didn't hear about or that we don't know about? Uh, absolutely not. The Phillies literally will sit the entire year until the trade deadline and still not make any moves because we we don't we don't want to win. We we don't want to win. The whole entire fan base can yell at them to just buy a bullpen, literally anything, and they will they they won't touch it. They're more worried about. Uh, their infield right now for some odd reason. That yeah, bullpen, the bullpen. bullpen was yeah, it's been bad for a couple of years, and yeah, that oof, they need to work on that bullpen. I can, I, w- I can say without a doubt that I go to bed every night with the Phillies up by seven runs, and I'm scared to wake up to see that they lose. <laughs> And it's, who is a Hector Neris or whatever? He's very unreliable. Yep. They're all unreliable. You can get rid of the entire bullpen. Word. There's a good farm system out there as long as they don't cut 900 players uh, from the Iron Pigs. But I would not be a good podcast host if I didn't already know the answer to that question. Uh, not only, Tim, that I know you were going to say that, uh, but I also, first thing that pops up, uh, if you Google what the Phillies are bad at in Google, it literally brings up every type of media presence talking about their bullpen and the fact that they've made no moves. So I wouldn't be a good podcast host if I, if, if I didn't already know the answer to that question, but I'm not surprised there. Um, a lot of big names out there recently. Uh, and thanks to Mr. Tyler and his text messages. So Juan Soto, uh, who was in the home run derby uh, and I was rooting for him. Um, not as much as I was rooting for Shohei Otani, which I got my girlfriend to watch the, Home run derby just because I told her about Shohei Otani, which is a very interesting. Good little nugget there. But watching Shohei Otani, Juan, Juan Soto was great. Juan Soto is awesome. I love him as a player, young player. Uh, got offered a 13-year, $350 million contract before the lockout started, I believe. Um, yes. 
And Ty, who offered him the contract? The Nationals. The Nationals offered him this contract, which is the current team that he plays for, and he did not take it. He denied the contract. He denied, and also the contract had no deferrals. So, and he denied it. So the reason for that apparently is he spoke with his agent and he's in his, he's early twenties. I mean, who's going to turn down $350 million, but I know we wouldn't, we would say, okay, fine. But he turned it down because he believes he should go year by year. And with the nationals organization right now, it's so, there's a lot of question marks, I guess you can say. They literally traded everyone away last year. Max Scherzer went from – they traded Max Scherzer to the Dodgers, Trey Turner to the Dodgers, and the only person really left was Juan Soto from when they won the World Series in 2019. So they're, they are not – they weren't that bad years ago, and they were a really good team. They won the World Series in three years ago, and they're, re, they're rebuilding now apparently. So – I mean, I see both sides. Like, why would you turn this money down? But if you're not sure of what your team is going to do and how they're going to be competitive again, then why would you sign a contract that's going to pretty much be with you your whole entire your whole entire playing career? Like, I I look at the money aspect: three hundred and fifty million dollars that's life changing money. But do you really want to gamble? on your playing career of potentially maybe not going to the world series again, or even the playoffs, who knows? I'm going to take a backseat on this one, Tim, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to round out the triangle uh, after you, after you give your thoughts on denying $350 million. Um, I think he is still trying to hold out. I mean, he says he wants to go year by year. I have a feeling he wants to try and beat Mike Trout's, uh, big old contract but uh the year by year thing it it makes sense uh and if he wants to ring chase that's the way to do it go year by year but there's no guarantee uh he could suck for the next five years and now he has no guaranteed contract whatsoever and can just disappear off the face of the earth and that's absolutely true like that's like that's a huge gamble that he's taking but i mean if anyone who if anyone can beat mike trout's contract i think it would be juan soto at this point he's i just who else would it be i i can't think of anyone else that would be young that can that's young enough to even get close to him so i mean no i definitely agree because he can sign his contract and whatever that equals out to per year he's guaranteed that money for the next 13 years wait the contracts the contracts fully guaranteed year by year Major League Baseball contracts are usually like if you if you sign a deal, you that's what you're getting. Unless you break your contract somehow by aka Trevor Bauer, let's say, you know, if they does something like that or just they release him or whatever, like there's you're pretty much guaranteed that. And that's what's crazy about these contracts. So a player can sign a one year, he can sign a four year deal averaging $25 million and play one game and you still get that. But now these teams can also put out, they can have insurance policies on them, which then all that money comes back to them, or it's just they have those type of little stipulations in there. But okay, yeah, so I agree. Guaranteed. I 100% agree with both of you. Number one, 
Number two, I was going to make a comparison, but after you said it was fully guaranteed, I'm not going to bring up a Minnesota Vikings comparison. Um, however, what yeah, I'm going to say, MLB doesn't have a, a whole bunch of constituents about you need to do X, 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 Y, and Z before you get even half of it. Yeah. So yeah. it's not, it's fully guaranteed versus incentives versus all that stuff. Okay. So here's how much I but know. They do have incentives. They do have it in certain aspects, like for pitchers, like, Oh, if you win the MVP at the, in a world series, you get like $500,000 or when the Cy young, like there's things like that, but you sign that contract, you're guaranteed to get that money. All right. I mean, but then, Bobby okay. Bonaya. Wait, what? Yes. 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 <laughs> That was, yeah, that, every that was, year. That's my one and only Mets dig. I'm sorry, I had to bring it up at some point. <laughs> you know that's fine because I mean I heard it my whole entire life. But you know, there's that's... he's done though. He's done, isn't it? Is it is it this year that that contract is over? Nope. I thought it was he has until like 2032 or something like that. He gets a million dollars. I think July every the every July year first. on July first. Yeah, a million dollars. But that's in a lot of people's contracts, even to this day. Like Max Scherzer, for example, he no longer plays for the Nationals, but the Nationals owe him like almost close to $20 million or something still. And he's still going to get that on top of his $43 million he's going to make a year. So the dude's going to make over $60 million possibly a year because he's getting money from the Mets and from the Nationals. It's crazy how these deals work out. But with Juan Soto, there's no deferral. So whatever there was, whatever 350 equals out to for 13 years – He's going to get that every single year for 13 years. That's insanity. I cannot believe I didn't even know this existed. So this is that's absolute insanity. 2032 is 10 years from now. Yeah. When did he and stop playing for the Mets? Uh, early 2000s. That's unbelievable. Yeah. He gets a million dollars every year. I it's literally so can't ass. believe that. So, sir, I, my brain is fried right now. So <laughs> circle back. Competitive, competitive, comp- competitive. That's funny. Competition is the dr- is the driver. I think in Juan Soto, I think he doesn't want to sign that deal because Tyler, you're right. I think that he doesn't know what's going to happen with his team. But if it's fully guaranteed, that's the money. So there's your choice. However, I think what Tim said is right. The best way to ring chase is to go year by year and go team by team. So. Get traded to a team that you want to be traded for, negotiate the contract, fully guaranteed one year, reset, continue, reset, continue for 13 years. So I agree with both of you. I was going to make a Kirk Cousins comparison, um, <laughs> to be honest with you, and it's actually absolutely sickening. Uh, we have plenty of time on the All In Man Cave podcast uh, to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. A lot of stuff, a lot of moving pieces going on. Uh, Deshaun Wat- Watson might be traded for. Uh, absolutely fucking ridiculous, but we have a lot of time to talk about that. <laughs> this is baseball. We're not going to talk about any of the Viking stuff. Um, but we have, and we have plenty of time for that, but let's move on. Right. So let's move on to the hall of fame. Uh, and the hall of fame was very interesting. The hall of fame was more than very interesting. So three big names into the hall of fame uh, that every baseball player and every baseball lover and even baseball non-lovers know Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and David Ortiz, three different types of players, three different types of results. Technically, I guess you could say, uh, but two of them got in or sorry. One, one of them did. got into the hall of fame and two of them didn't Tyler take it away. All right. So 
David Ortiz was the only person elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame this year. He received 77% of the votes. You need 75 to get in. Now, the biggest thing of this was that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens were on their last year on the, on the ballot. So you have from five years after you retire from baseball, you are then eligible to be elected into the Hall of Fame. And then you're on that ballot for 10 years. Now, after 10 years, then you get you can get elected in other different ways. It's a lot to go through. It's like a rabbit hole, basically. But Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds were not elected into the Hall of Fame in their final year on the ballot. Now, there's a lot of the Baseball Writers Association, basically, they are getting a lot of heat. And the baseball writers are the people who elect these players. Now, a lot of people want that to change. They don't want writers to elect people into the Hall of Fame anymore. They want people, they want the Hall of Fame. They want the people who are eligible to be elected. It comes down to owners, teams, other players. Like they want it pretty much in-house, which I agree with. You have these writers who probably the only time they ever played baseball is throwing a ball with their family or whatever. Like who knows? But so David Ortiz was elected. He is a three-time World Series champion, 10-time All-Star and hit 541 home runs. Does he belong in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. I 100% agree that he, in our generation, is the best DH hitter. Now you can always you can compare him to Edgar Martinez, but he's more like my dad's generation. Hell of a player. He was, but he mostly played DH as he when he was playing, but then as he got older, he moved to DH. But David Ortiz has always been a DH. Granted, he has played first base in some aspects for interleague play, but has always been a designated hitter. So he is the best designated hitter, in my opinion, and that baseball has ever seen. Um, back to Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Both of them were linked to steroids. And it's believed that a lot of these writers are not electing them because they test the positive or quote unquote tested, I should say, that um that they test positive for steroids. So they are back in the day, like they went to Congress, all there's a whole trial in regards to them and so they're the two big, one of the two biggest names besides Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. But Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds were not liked by the media. So, but David Ortiz is. Everybody loves David Ortiz. Like you, I can't, I don't know anyone who has anything bad against him unless you're a Yankees fan. But David Ortiz literally is loved by everyone. And so they believe, a lot of people believe that even though he tested positive for steroids back in 2003, they still believe because he was liked by the media, he was elected into the Hall of Fame, a.k.a. the Baseball Writers Association, who are part of the media. And so with Byron Bonds and Roger Clemens, they, there's a lot of question marks with them. They were not liked by the media at all. They, from listening to people, they were assholes part of my French, but they were. Um, and it's a different generation too. I mean, you have granted David Ortiz has played baseball with these players, but there's still it's a generation thing. Barry Bonds is very 
how should I say? He was focused more on his career. Granted, they all are, but part of your job is to speak to the media. If you don't speak to your speak to the media, then how are you even going to be? How are you able to do part of your job, basically? So a lot of that came into the factor. Do I agree with it? Do I believe that they should be in the Hall of Fame? It's such and go for me. Granted, Barry Bonds is the quote unquote the greatest power hitter. He has the most home runs in all of baseball. Roger Clemens, I can't stand Roger Clemens. He's a compl- I li- I literally cannot stand him at all. I truly believe that he. It comes down for me. It came down to he's throwing a bat at Mike Piazza in a World Series in two thousand World Series. Like, dude, that's like a weapon, a broken bat, and you throw it at him and you claim that you didn't see him. Mike Piazza is a huge guy. Like, you can't see him running down the freaking line, whatever the first base line, whatever. So I don't like Roger Clemens, but he was a hell of a pitcher. And I do believe that these people should look at the Hall of Fame people, I, the Writers Association. They should look at their the stats and not and then not how they are outside of baseball. Like you, you're judged by yes, you're judged by your character on the field and off the field. But I also believe that you need to look at what they did on the field. Barry Bonds was one of major major players who changed the face of baseball he saved baseball even though he took steroids he changed baseball baseball was a dying sport early on where nobody there's no not many home runs or anything like that so Barry Bonds Mark McGuire Sammy Sosa they literally brought the game back and made a huge thing again and brought some entertainment where it was lacking so in that aspect yes Barry Bonds should be in the hall of fame but would he ever be? Who knows? Who knows? There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff out there, and they haven't agreed uh, as of right now on a new uh, steroid testing for the MLB, which had expired, uh, if I'm not mistaken. They haven't come to agree on testing players uh, as of right now, correct? Currently, no. for testing players for steroids? If they haven't, which I don't think they have. I don't think they've tested anything in terms of in terms of having players tested for steroids. Uh, they haven't come to an agreement on anything uh, in terms of that. So here's the situation, Tim, and I'm going to I'm going to pull it over to you. Here's the thing. I really. Am at at a, a, an impasse here on how I feel about these about these players that cheated the game of baseball officially. But if these new players and they decide to not test for steroids, whether it be for three weeks or 30 years, is that going to matter? And have they lost their opportunity that they can't get back now because they have a stigma on them that now isn't required for newer players to get into the Hall of Fame, whether they be new players right now uh, or new players ever. So how do you feel about the Hall of Fame inductee and the, the, the two players that left out? And and what are your overall feelings about that in general? Uh, David Ortiz is by far my favorite uh, DH of all time. I absolutely loved seeing him go out with a bang and win the World Series. Uh, I per- I was one of the people I was like, why isn't this man going to play for another two to three years? He is 
looks like he is in his goddamn prime. Uh, and it literally came down to, I'm pretty sure he said in a press conference, he's like, man, I'm old. My feet hurt. It hurts to run to first base anymore. Uh, it wasn't pretty I, to watch him down, running down first yeah, base. Yeah, it, it was not a pretty sight to watch him run, but goddamn, that dude could still swing a bat. Just, just let him swing. Somebody can run for him. Absolutely. Uh, it's like a beer league softball team. Yeah, he could have been in a beer league softball team. Uh, the other two, if they're not going to test for steroids going forward, I do believe they need to get rid of the stigmatism of older generations, not like uh, being able to be voted in just because that was like the thing holding them back. Uh, I do. He they did change uh, the face of the game in terms of, of him being the greatest power hitter of all time. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, to me, baseball, I'm, I'm a true competitor. I can't cheat when it comes to baseball in terms of like enhancing myself. Like I, I, if you were to tell me to do it, I I don't think I could personally, it's just one of those things. Um, but I understand why he did it. Sorry, my mind's kind of going blank just because it, this is like a really touchy subject because I just personally hate cheating. So in that sense, like if I were to have a vote, which thank God I don't, I wouldn't have voted him in either just because I, I can't. I don't know. I hate cheaters in that sense. That's why anybody that was involved in the Houston Astros, uh even the like, if that would have never come out, yeah, I would have voted for them. But as soon as I know they cheated, I I can't get past it. And baseball is one of those things where you're like every team is cheating in some way, shape, or form. It's just when are they going to get caught? No, I hundred percent agree. Hit, yeah, you hit the nail on the head on that one because that's often one of the things I hear when people talk baseball, when people talk talk like intricate parts of of baseball as a whole. And that's not the first time I've heard that. And I agree with you. Cheating in the in the time is still wrong, regardless of if they change the rules. It was part of the rules then. Therefore, you broke the rules. Therefore, I won't vote for you. Uh, that partnered with Barry Bonds and and Roger Clemens as a as people, uh, which is what I kind of hold my head upon uh, when thinking about those players. Listen, I know they're players at the end of the day and they're supposed to be judged as players, but they really weren't the best people either to root for, uh, whether it be in the media, whether it be the, the scandals that happen behind closed doors, whether it be how they talk to their teammates, that there's stuff out there. And I clearly was not there in any type of, of bullpen with Roger Clemens, nor was I in the, the warm-up circle, the on-deck circle with, with Barry Bonds to witness it. But there's not a lot of good things to come from some of the their former teammates uh, that they've talked to. So for me, it's hard. Not the most avid baseball fan. I was actually a huge baseball fan, from, uh, baseball fan growing up. Played baseball all the time, whether it be peewee, rec teams, I uh, even coached for a little bit, broke my finger, which is a, a hilarious story. I'll tell you at a different date. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm, I'm leaning towards you, Tim, on this one. And I just, I, I respect what they've done for baseball. Don't get me wrong, Tyler. I have, but is it in all in good faith? No. So at the end of the day, is it a stigma? Yes. Can the stigma be lifted? 
Who knows? It depends on who you ask. Are you asking writers? Are you asking fans? Are you asking players? Are you asking owners? Are you asking? They're all going to have a different opinion on these players. And until they get a, a more diverse group of people to vote for the Hall of Fame, this is going to continue to happen depending on what the biggest presence is in these meetings. The biggest presence is going to do it. I also agree. What I what I believe is that a lot of these baseball writers, they're old people. I mean, they're looking back at like the 60s, 70s, 80s, like 90s. Like these are writers who they get these ballots, whatever they fill it out, and that's it. But if you once you get more of our generation, you're going to see a lot of changes and it's going to open up more doors. But you also have to think about how many players right now that are in the Hall of Fame did steroids and we just never knew about it. I'm sure, like I can guarantee you, there's a bunch of players that are currently in the Baseball Hall of Fame who have taken steroids throughout their career and they just never got called. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So that I feel like that has to play a factor because who who has like the only ones that we know who have fully come out and that or or that were associated with steroids was is Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa, and Mark McGuire. Now, if that would never happened, then absolutely they would be in the Hall of Fame. But I feel like that's what's holding them back, and nobody knows what to do. Because I feel like if these writers say, yes, you're into the Hall of Fame, then is it – how is that going to change the Hall of Fame structure? How is that – like? It, I feel like it's, there's so many question marks with it. So I feel like they're just playing safe and saying, hey, you know what? I'm not, we're not going to vote you in because – now, like you have next that are coming up. I mean, you have Alex Rodriguez. He tested positive early on in his career, and he was suspended for a whole year of baseball when he was with the Yankees because of this. So now you can also say he's one of the greatest players in our generation, which I agree. I definitely agree he was one of the greatest players in our generation. But, I mean, he hit 600 home runs. How you, you're like now granted – is that all those home runs back from when he began and when he started and played and was on steroids or is it just all throughout his career? I mean, we don't know, but that's another key thing. Like steroids was tied to David Ortiz. He got elected into the hall of fame. Now next year, I believe, I think it's next year, Alex Rodriguez, Alex Rodriguez is on the ballot for his first year. Now is he going to get in? Also comes down to knowing he took steroids. He couldn't keep J-Lo, so I yeah. don't know if he's going to get in the Hall of Fame. It, it'll, yeah, and you also brought up earlier that uh, a lot of it comes down to uh, how they're perceived by the media outside of the sport, and if it comes down to that, I I really don't think uh, A-Rod's getting in. I don't, uh, I'm, I'm on that. I'm on that as well, Tim, 100%. I'm on that. David I just Orton. think it comes down to stats and what you did in your career. Oh yeah, I would, I would, a hundred percent agree. If it just came down to stats and then uh, how the players perceived that said player, I personally, it, if you haven't played at the highest level, you should not be voting in uh, people into said Hall of Fame, regardless of the sport. I like one hundred percent agree. It, yeah, I like, like that take. I I don't. Cole could know every single baseball player, all their stats, been writing for the game for over 50 years. But if he hasn't played it at that highest level, he should have no say in who is 
going to be in their Hall of Fame. Now you can have like your predictions or like your opinion or who you would like. Oh yeah, but... he, yeah. You can you can have an opinion, but I don't think you should have an actual say. I think I, I don't know how baseball can change that. I mean, but I I absolutely agree. It should come down to pretty much that brotherhood because that's what it is. It's a brotherhood. Once you step on that field for the first time on a major league baseball and major league baseball, you are into that brotherhood. So you should be the ones who are voting these people in. And think yeah. about, and think about, so oh God, this is so hard. So like every sport, when it comes down to it, right? There's people out there in the media. There's people, it doesn't matter what sport it is. doesn't matter what game it is. doesn't matter any of that, right? Everything comes down to human error, whether it be a referee on a football field, whether it be an umpire behind the plate, whether it be somebody calling a foul in the NBA that shouldn't have been a foul. It's human error. If a bunch of humans make a bunch of errors, bad things happen, especially in sports. We mm-hmm. saw it in NFC Championship games. We've seen it in World Series games. What was that That umpire with the fluffy mustache? The guy who can't call people out at first base. Like, it's <laughs> whatever. Like, that, what's his name? Jim Jones? Jim Joyce. Jim Joyce. Yeah. Jim Joyce. Look at me. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm remembering people, but not their names. It's awesome. So, like, listen. So, it, it happens. It happens. And the human error is what you have to hang your heads, heads upon when you're an avid baseball fan or you're even a watcher of anything, there's always going to be human error. It happens. It's life. However, making the best decision based on what info you have in front of you is going to be the best option in terms of any hall of fame for any team, for any league. So first it should be stats. Second, it should be, did you do anything negative to affect the sport or did you do anything positive to affect the sport? And you're just going to have to weigh that. You're going to have to weigh that option. And whoever these people are, they have a giant, giant responsibility to make the right decisions. Well, I think we can all agree on that. They oh, just absolutely. Have, they have a giant responsibility to make the right decisions to get the right people in. It's not the 85 year old writer in Miami's fault that he's picking to go with old school baseball. That's when he grew up. That's what he knows. So there's his human error in quotation marks, if you want to if you want to call it that. But Tyler, you're right. It's going to change. I agree. Tim, you're definitely right because you can't just put everything in a vacuum. However, sometimes you have to think about it that way, if that makes any sense. You can't put just stats in a vacuum, but if you could or if you could get close to that, I agree 100%. That, listen, it, it, it's going to be a decision made by a bunch of people that may or may not be qualified. And that's the way I look at it. Are they qualified? We'll see who gets inducted in and who doesn't. You went, we went through it with the, with the NFL Hall of Fame inductees. People were left out that were good to the media. People that left out that were bad to the media and vice versa. So it's just the best players that played in an era do they deserve to be with baseball's best in the Hall of Fame? Are the people that are already in the fame, in the Hall of Fame baseball's best? It's always going to be an opinion. It's always going to be a moving circle. But we all have three different views. Mine more or less a combination of the two of yours. Um, but it's, it's all a view. And it's all a view from three different people who have three different levels of knowing baseball. Actually, it's more like two levels. I'm like bottom tier. And then you've got you guys way up here. So... It, it, 
it's all going to be, it's all going to be opinion at the end of the day. And we can talk about it for hours and we probably definitely could. Um, But those are, that's who got in. David Ortiz got in and he was one of the biggest players of our generation. And we all three of us loved watching him. And another reason why we all loved watching him is because we all dislike the New York Stankies. Absolutely. So I'm down to watch him hit home runs against the, the Yankees all day of the week. I'm down. He could hit four grand slams at, at the age of 50, and I would stand up and watch every game. That's all I'm saying. Well, and, like, what even makes this whole thing, like, like it's just, like, this, this topic very touching, basically, or touchy, um, is that they're on the ballot for 10 years. So, clearly, there were writers who wanted him, that voted for them. And, like, they were above the 5% because if, if you fall below 5% at any point in time on that ballot, you're off. It could be your first year. You're done. If you're under 5%, you're done. So clearly writers were voting them in, but how big are, how many voters are there that are saying no? Like all the major ones that I've seen and I follow on Twitter, most of them said yes, because they all stated that, well, they changed the game of baseball. Yes, he did steroids, but their argument was how many people in the Hall of Fame right now took steroids in the current. We just don't know about it. And that's what Tim so, brought up earlier. He literally said those exact same words earlier. <laughs> so uh, that's what I'm saying. It's going to be a triangle, not only because it's a triangle of zoom on this screen, but it's going to be, a, it's going to go through like it. That's just us three in a vacuum talking about baseball. Imagine what has happened amongst hundreds, thousands, millions of people talking about this and it's just going to be, do you have faith in him? Do you like him? Do you consider what he did off the field at all? Do you consider only what he did on the field at all? It's, it's going to be a different opinion from a different person, from whoever's going to be making that decision. So, I mean, we're going through it with NFL owners right now with all of this crap that's going on in the NFL. So it's like, uh, eventually there needs to be change. How long that takes, nobody will know, but there will be change. Change is evident or imminent, I guess I should say. Uh, Tyler, while we're on the subject of the Baseball Hall of Fame, what are your opinions on uh, Pete Rose? He should absolutely be in the Hall of Fame. He's the greatest hitter of all time. Not power hitter, but greatest hitter. That's awesome. I agree 100%. The dude did, unfortunately, gamble while he was a manager. However, did not bet on his own team to lose. Um, Great little snippet from Tim. We talked about it. So I agree. I didn't agree before I looked it up on honestly, uh, because I thought he bet on his team to lose, in which case I definitely wouldn't vote for him. But P Rose is a good, um, a good person to, to throw out there as well with all of the steroid, um, I guess, steroid era players that are out there. Uh, Tyler's mentioned him before uh, Sammy Sosa, which I only thought had a corked bat. I didn't know he did steroids as well, uh, to be quite honest with you. Um, but Mark McGuire, you've got the possibility of A-Rod earlier in his career. Nonetheless, uh, there's a lot of players out there in terms of steroids. I knew you guys would kind of be on the same wavelength. I uh, broke a record. I uh, didn't really break the law technically, I guess. I mean, he did, he didn't did the gray area. Um, but listen, I, we've talked about it. It's it. We, I, like I said, we could talk about it for hours, but we have a few more things to talk about quickly before we get done with this pod. Trevor Bauer. Now, 
Trevor Bauer, Tyler, and I have talked about for the, I think, only two MLB podcasts that the All In Man Cave podcast has ever released. Trevor Bauer was the star pupil of both of those podcasts. Yes. And then Tim and I talked about Trevor Bauer. We need to talk about Trevor Bauer. So this man was accused of sexual pitchers in the game. Yes, I 100% agree. He committed or didn't commit sexual assault with multiple females. Flashbacks of Tiger Woods come into my brain right now. Um, <laughs> what that is not sexual assault. It was only cheating on your wife, which once again was polarizing for the game of golf, but nonetheless. So, and we did talk about Tim and I did talk about that as well. So just to be clear for all the listeners out there, what side are you on for Trevor Bauer? For him playing, for him being wrong, for whatever. I want you get you guys don't have to go into like huge details and write an entire symphony on it, so to speak. But Tyler, start with you because this conversation with Tim is fresh in my mind still from work. So, and Tim, you're gonna have obviously and I uh, a, a time to to tell your side as well. But Tyler, how do you feel about Trevor Bauer as a whole after talking about him in the first podcast, talking about him in the second podcast? And now with the most recent news talking about him in what would be your third episode on the podcast. So what he was accused of, I absolutely do not agree with at all. Like I am totally against that. Like you don't ever sexually assault anyone at all. Um, But he was proven not guilty. So do I feel like he should be out of the game of baseball? I'm still up in the air. I mean, like I said, I don't agree with what he quote unquote did. And, but in the court of law, he was essentially proven not guilty. So now to me as a criminal justice major like that, it's like, I'm stuck in between. And is he a good pitcher? Uh, I think if he, I don't think he would have won the Cy Young if there were in 2020, if there wasn't a short season. So, and that was really his best season he ever had. Should he play? I guess, I guess he should be able to come back. I mean, I think the Dodgers should have released him a long time ago, but he's still being investigated by major league baseball. So that also, that could be, even though he was proven, he was, proven not guilty he can still be suspended he can or he could just be released and that's it and his career could be done because of everything that he was involved in um i did follow him on social media like i did i watched his youtube channel he was very he was a the first player that i ever seen who would walk around with a camera and actually like do vlogs of his daily life of being a major league baseball player and to me that was awesome to see and he had his own series so he like opened the doors for that and just seeing his routine like he's he is very he's out very outspoken and i do believe that a lot of the not not the sexual assaults but how things were turning out with him of him constantly being not suspended, but suspended last year. Um, I do believe that was MLB's way of getting back at him for all the negative things that he said about Major League Baseball. I do, I do believe that. 
but to see his dedication of how he took care of his body and like he literally wears a ring that tracks his sleep what he eats like it tracks everything and just how he trains and how he recovers from different things and like the day he pitches to what he has to do the day that he pitches to the day after to get his body prepared for the next five days before he goes out and pitches again like to see that was incredible and how much dedication it's not just okay let's loosen up my arm and throw the ball like no it's more there's a lot of science behind it so he's definitely dedicated but i would caution i'd be cautious around him in a way all right tim your time to shine trevor bauer period go Uh, i think he should be back uh period uh personally yeah he was out like with all the uh abuse scandals and all that he was cleared in the court of law it should that should be done and over with at this point, he's given his proof of, like, hey, like, dude has some kinky stuff, I will admit. And he's come forward and said that, and it should just be dropped at this point. I personally think uh, Major League is taking all of their, like, frustration out on him with the now ridiculous sticky substance uh, scandal that's coming forward with every team. And I'm pretty sure... Trevor Bauer on Twitter was literally the first player to come out and say like uh, to talk about spin rate on the baseball and how every single pitcher is using sticky. Well, every, every pitcher that's kind of like come into the know in recent years has almost all of them have used sticky substance in some way, shape or form. And there's a, there's a website that tracks, uh, I'm sorry, I'm using the word spin rate a ton here, but there's a website that tracks pitcher spin rate on their fastball and all that. And he just blatantly shows the uptick when they're using uh, some form of illegal substance out on the field. And he, for the longest time, said, look, I'm not going to use it, but uh, there will be, like, I will eventually get pissed off to the point where you will notice my spin rate increase, and that is when I'm going to start using it. And you saw that uptick, and uh, MLB is now officially punishing him for it. I agree. I think both of you are on similar tracks there, but I'm going to bring in a little bit of a new, a new look at this. So you mentioned MLB taking it out on Trevor Bauer for not only the sticky substances, but all the negative attraction that has come to the MLB because of all the scandals, because of all this. And Tim and I talked about the scandals and that there was little to no written online merit that we read that, that these women have any legitimate. I'm not saying none of it's legitimate, but he mentioned the kinky stuff. He admitted to the kinky stuff. It's, it's a very gray, a very sketchy area to go into. However, I'm going to stray away from that in general, but the media presence of himself, Tyler mentioned he's outspoken, which makes him seem egotistical. And when you challenge big organizations, big corporations, when you're that spokesperson, you're going to get the hate. You're going to get it. LeBron James got it. 
Kobe Bryant got it. There's a lot of big star players that are out there that challenge the narrative. And when you challenge the narrative, the media is going to eat you alive, eat you alive, whether it be true or not. So there could be a a million correct, truthful answers as to how, what, and when all of this Trevor Bauer stuff happened, regardless of what the truth is, he's going to be under a microscope. And I think based on him being a large outspoken person, Tyler, I'm going to want to make a giant bet on DraftKings right now to say that he came out with those vlogs when he was getting investigated. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I mean, like there was like before, like even like it was in the 2020 season, like during the whole no, not allowing fans, like he was coming out with the stuff. And like, it seems like every other day he was getting tested for COVID. And so watching that, but I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure this happened before, like, and, but the guy likes what he likes, and I guess you can say. And and he was proven. He was found innocent in a court of law. So yeah. if we're not going to listen to the law, what are we listening to? Exactly. Opinions. So yeah. hey, listen, you could agree with the justice system. You could not agree with it. Tyler, you're a criminal justice major. There's probably parts of it you agree with, parts you don't. But at the end of the day, it's either someone's opinion or the justice system's opinion. And the way the country's set up, he's found innocent. So there's no reason why he shouldn't be playing. I think he should be playing. Not saying that if any type of negativity were to come out and any part of those stories or, or truths of what happened with these women was, was actually true. And this was egregious in any type of way. My opinion obviously changes. It obviously changes and flips to the other side, but he's found not guilty. Who else was found not guilty? OJ. So listen, so there's a it, it's a lot, and we've been touching on a lot of very touchy stuff in this podcast, which I give us all credit for, to be honest. So thank you guys once again for being on. But the one thing we need to do before we leave, the New York Mets and the Philadelphia Phillies in the next upcoming MLB season, assuming there will be one, the team that is farther east will go first. So Tyler, you are up, my man. What do you see with the additions of the Mets made in this offseason, the maybe some of the departures? What are you seeing from your team this year to be optimistic about? And what are you concerned about? Uh, so being a Mets fan, I mean, it's it's hard to be optimistic about anything because it all comes down to injuries. So, I mean, yeah, the two best pitchers in all of baseball on one team that go or are one, two combo, Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer. I mean, that's scary. That is absolutely scary. Um, As a Phillies fan, I'm absolutely jealous that you have two of the greatest pitchers to watch in the sport. And if you guys don't fix your team to give Jacob deGrom a ring at some point, I will cry personally for that man. <laughs> Yes, I 100% agree. Um, I felt the same way about David Wright. David Wright is, it's hard for me to pick who's my favorite Met, but in my, especially in my, our generation as a Mets fan, it's between Jose Reyes and David Wright, but I can't pick. It's just both my favorite, but Jacob DeGrom is definitely up there. The guy literally, he was a shortstop in college and then he changed to become a pitcher. And absolute stud. He is, and 
I've never seen a pitcher like that in my lifetime. And I watched a lot of baseball. Like, granted, you had Randy Johnson and you had Pedro Martinez and you had really good pitchers. But I'm not saying Jacob deGrom is better than them because those guys are in a Hall of Fame. But if Jacob deGrom continues to do what he's doing, the guy won two Cy Youngs back-to-back years. He literally is – he's on one of the worst teams in baseball and has how many years of an ERA under two? I mean, the guy is phenomenal. I – and as a Mets fan, I've never seen a pitcher besides the ones I mentioned, and there's other ones, but I've never seen someone who has done what he has done. And there is hope for the Mets. Um, I love the owner, Steve Cohen. He's he know he's spending money, and every Mets fan wanted someone who's going to spend money. Unlike the Wilpons, they. Everyone hate the Wilpons. They're so happy that he was gone. Like everyone literally calls Steve Cohen Uncle Steve. Never met him, but everyone calls him Uncle Steve. And he has taken that role. He's a Mets fan himself. So he knows what he wants and he knows what the fans want. And that could be it all depends. Like I think that's a good thing, but I also think it could be a bad way in his and for him in certain aspects because you're the owner of the team. Are you looking at looking at them as as a team like as an owner or as a fan and I feel like that can play a factor in certain things but he's spending money I never thought Max Scherzer would ever come to the Mets I thought like last year well before well last year basically they're after Trevor Bauer Mets offered Trevor Bauer more money but he went to the Dodgers because he's from California thank god he went to the Dodgers because the last thing the Mets needed some something like this granted now there is terrible news about the Mets now with Matt Harvey and Terry Collins, but he's spending money. He's in my eyes doing all the right things. And he stated that he wanted to win a world series within the next five years. And he's proving that he's sticking to his word. It's not just talk. It's he's literally doing what he said he was going to do. And granted you sign Max Scherzer, who's 37 and to a three-year, $43 million, well, averaging $43 million a year, that's a huge risk. But Matt Scherzer has proven he can still pitch. So, Oh, yeah, Max Scherzer is, it, it, like I said, you, you have two of the greatest pitchers in all of MLB on your team right now. And Max Scherzer, I, I don't – I believe I've told Cole this a million times at work. He is one of, like, the three pitchers that I would absolutely love to go see pitch live. Um, I do want to say another, I can I read you a stat line and like a fun fact about Jacob DeGrom that will upset you a little yeah. bit. Okay. So the 2018 season, Jacob DeGrom pitched 32 games and his record for that year was 10 and nine. However, if the Mets had scored at least four runs in each of his starts, he would have been 30 and 0. <laughs> oh, no, I was they, actually I was I was waiting for that because I, I love going last. Uh, I kind of love it and hate it at the same point of uh, being the host of this podcast. Um, I was literally thinking in my head the entire time Tyler was talking and you were talking about DeGrom. I was thinking in my head, run support, run support, run support, run support, run support. Yeah, um, and, and, I'm, you know, and I'm not done with that that statement yet either. Uh, no. If they had scored three runs, he would have been 25 and one. And if they had scored two, 
two runs for this man, he would have been 20 and six. I literally could cry right now. <laughs> that is pathetic of how terrible. Like it's it literally this it's the Mets. It's literally the Mets because you can put them on any team and they would score runs. And the Mets have been like that for so long. They did with Johan Santana. The guy was your ace, and he was fantastic with the Twins, but they could never score. There was zero run support for this guy, and it's ridiculous that it's. No I don't offense, it, if if the Phillies would pick up Jacob Degrom, we'd be golden, or at least a little bit, but at least a little bit better because we we score runs. We just you don't have a bullpen. We, we, yeah, we just can't. We just can't keep them from scoring. All right, let's go, Tim. You're already in it. That was uh, Tim. You just broke the internet with that. Oh. Tyler's face is just. I love it. It's it's. Oh. I was thinking run support, and you just ran with that. That is fantastic. All right, Tim. Philadelphia Phillies. Next season, assuming there is one, what are you looking at? We know about their crappy bullpen, so we're assuming they're going to make some sort of change to that, or maybe they won't. Who knows? It's the it's the Philadelphia Phillies. Who knows? What are you looking at? Positives, negatives, outlook overall. Go ahead. Um, positive wise, I don't really have a lot right now because, like I said, they haven't really made anything, and now that uh, this whole lock is going on. Obviously, nothing can be done or said. Uh, the diehard Philly fan in me says World Series all the way. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't want anything else. But realistically, I just want my team to break 500 at the end of the day. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And maybe the newest fan of the Seattle Mariners might be actually worse than you, to be honest. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't think I can get rid of the twins. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think it's got to, it's a Minnesota team. I can't, I can't jump ship, dude. I talked about it with Ty. We're literally wearing, you guys can't see this on the podcast. It's unfortunate. We're literally wearing hall of fame t-shirts right now that we bought together of Ken Griffey jr. Blowing a bubble. Like he typically does. If you're between the ages of 25 and 35, know what Ken Griffey Jr. looked like when blowing a bubble in the on-deck circle and or in the batter's box. Didn't matter where it was. He's just blowing bubbles. Um, But I don't think I can jump ship. I'm telling you guys right now, I appreciate your outlooks. I want the Twins to win 50 games. That's it. 50 games games is half of 100. It's good enough for me. I'm good. I'll take 50 games because uh, we get beat by the Tigers every single every single game, it, it seems like. Throughout the 162 games, uh, we will play the Tigers, I don't know, tie what, 30 times, 15 times, something uh, like that. 16, I think. It, yeah, six. Yeah. Oops. We will win none of them. We will win none of them. It, it would just – the Twins are a disaster. However – one fun thing to do before we leave, and I let these people exit the, the best MLB podcast that's ever been the All in Man Cave podcast or in the feed at all. I have two favorite players in the MLB that played while I was alive. You guys have three guesses each to get both of those players correct. Tyler, you are first. Three guesses go. Jim Tomey. No. Uh, Mike Trout. No. All right, I'm going to go with someone a little older. Um, I don't know. That's hard. Three. 
like how far back yeah like, can we get can we get a year like a, a, a year range don't they're be both like super... kind of same year range i would say like their primes were probably similar in terms of ye- of the year probably around when i was 10 so i would say early late 90s to early 2000s would be the would be my guess ken griffey ken griffey jr is one of them that was your last guess tim you have three guesses to guess the other Oh God! Uh, well, except since except except since you're down to one guess, you get another hint. the 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 team that this man played for for all of or most of his career is in your division. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just gonna pass on this one, man. I I can't I can't name '90s and early 2000s stars except for Phillies players. Is he a Philly? No. Yeah, and I'm done. My man and I have family in Georgia. I grew up going mm. to Turner Field. My favorite baseball number was always 10. My man, Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones, that's what I modeled when I was a kid. I modeled myself after Chipper Jones. I went to Turner Field. Uh, my uncle actually works for the Weather Channel. Uh, he's only He was only like 20 minutes Uh, from the stadium he lived in marietta they play right in downtown or right outside of downtown atlanta so i used to go to turner field and watch chipper jones at least once a year Uh, and i had his and i was a braves fan for a while uh then with a small stint uh as a phillies fan until i realized i hated philadelphia sorry everybody out there including you tim um my uncle pretty much ruined that uh i just can't i can't root can't root for him um but the Phillies are the only Philadelphia team I don't hate, if that means anything to you. I hate the Flyers. I hate the Eagles. And I went to a Philadelphia Soul game and somebody dumped a, a dumped a beer on me. So I'm <laughs> not, not a huge fan. Not a huge fan. Hey, so, us, Phil- us Phillies fans are very passionate. And they are. Don't, you guys don't, are. But you're the best type of passionate. Us, do not tell us we can't do something. I don't care if you grease the poles. I'm going to climb them after we win the Super Bowl. Word. 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 And you guys smoked us uh, as the Minnesota Vikings guru out here uh, trying to rebuild the team. I still can't get over the fact that I almost got jumped uh, in an eastern part of Pennsylvania uh, at the NFC Championship game in 2017. (laughs) That will live on forever. So thank you guys so much. This is going to end the MLB pod. You guys are definitely Actually, gonna be back. Oh wait, yeah. Can I? Wait, can you I? You got one more. Add something. Oh, that's right. Go, go. That's yeah, right. I, I forgot about. No, no, no. Hold on. The surprise, everybody. Let's go. Sorry, okay. I can't believe I almost forgot. Yeah. Oh. So I'm a huge Phillies fan, and uh, however, in our division, the Atlanta Braves just won the World Series, which brought me to their Twitter, not not their team Twitter, their mascot Twitter. Any uh, everybody out there just needs to go to blooper Bra- at blooper braves on twitter and just start scrolling through his stuff because it is just incredible to look at it's some of the funniest shit i've ever seen uh and he uh he holds nothing back uh after the Bengals lost in the super bowl uh he tweeted this immediately after the loss braves lay claim to being the plucky underdog who beats the expensive la team get your own storyline Bengals. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I love this. And then I'll even let him. I'll I'll let him uh, 
dish out on the Phillies a little bit here because somebody tweeted at him at one point, you're just a poor man's version of the fanatic. And he clapped back with talk at me when he can hold on to his own copyright. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, uh, that was an issue with the that fanatic. was that was a problem. Yeah, yeah. We had the, the the wings and the star eyes for a minute there. And then uh, the third and final, he, he likes to make dramatic pictures of himself, except in this one, the, the quote is when the fear is gone, only I will remain. And it is this man holding an ax. <laughs> oh my God. So yes. So free ads for the uh, blooper brave at blooper brave free ads, even though there's, I, I don't think that he's going to get any more Twitter followers. I like at least a lot more. Like he's probably he's verified, right, Tim? He's verified. Oh on yeah, it, it's a verified Twitter account. Uh, oh my god, the this, ad this... is Blooper Braves, and when you look it up, it'll come up as World Series champ Blooper. Oh my god! Listen, that was awesome. I cannot believe I almost forgot about that. And we we're talking about this stuff at work, and he's reading these, and I'm like not even looking at the tweets, just him reading them, and I'm hysterically laughing while we're while we're like literally working right next to each other. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, for all the baseball fans out there. Um, always some fun you can add to baseball. Uh, Ty and I always used to joke in college. I used to tell him he watched the boring sport. Um, but then I watched the boring sport with him. So then did I really win that argument? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> so to be honest with you, um, baseball's out there, guys. Uh, we got to get more. We're, we got to get more content. I know I told you, tell you guys on every podcast that I come out with every episode, there'll always be NFL content. There is. Um, but we got to get out there. We got to talk about all the sports. Sports unites people. It united us three to talk about the same topic at the same time so that you guys can listen to it. Listen, I won't talk baseball with anybody but these two dudes. That's just the reality. And I'm going to talk about baseball with these two to you guys um, because they make baseball exciting to talk about. And I enjoy that a lot, which is why I have you guys on here. It's uh, It was absolutely hilarious. Great time, great hot takes, great impact, great discussion. I couldn't have asked for a better two dudes to come on here. So I thank you guys once again for coming on the podcast. For all the listeners out there, Super Bowl's over, uh, but the Vikings just hired a new head coach. It's a little, <laughs> uh, little exciting for a small market team, considering they just built a $4 billion stadium. Uh, we're going to discuss the media tell, calling the Vikings a small market team on our next podcast uh, because that's horseshit. So um, I will talk to you guys soon. Uh, plan to come out with another podcast uh, next week. Probably going to keep the same type of, of setup that we've been doing. Maybe a Monday or Tuesday pod, a Thursday or Friday pod. Stick with two times a week. Uh, if I have anything else, I'll let you guys know on Twitter or on Facebook. Please add me on Twitter or add the podcast on Twitter at all in man cave pod. Add me on Facebook. Cole hate C O L E H A Y D as in dog T as in Tom. Uh, and you can always find the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, and wherever else you guys find your podcasts. So I'm going to thank you guys one more time. Tyler Martinez, the Mets fan, <laughs> Tim Lehman, the Phillies fan. Thank you guys one more one more official time for talking baseball here. Say bye to the people. Well, I actually got one thing for you, actually. Wow. we've I've tried to say bye to the people twice already, and we got one more. <laughs> Let's do this. What do you got? 
All right, so I know this is an MLB podcast for today at least, but I want your take on this. It's about golf, okay? Ooh, well, golf. we're oh. – okay, so this is going to get a little ironic now. So, But go ahead, Ty. Go ahead. All right, so did over the weekend, I guess there was a tournament for TPC Scottsdale on Saturday. Correct. Sam Ryder hit the hole-in-one on the 16th at the 16th hole. Correct. Yes, yes. What is your take on how those fans reacted? Oh, my. Tim, go ahead. I absolutely – I have told Cole this at work also a million times. Uh, that is a bucket list for me. I need to go to the 16th at TPC, and I am 100% going to be one of those people throwing beer cans onto the green with them. It, it looks – a little bad if you want to be that proper golfer yes yes but every single player loves that that is like one of the bet it is their time to shine on that hole and every single one of them yeah no i it that it needs to continue they need to make that stadium bigger in my opinion that that happened twice yeah no i it dude it could happen 20 times I don't care. Carlos Take Ortiz. Yeah. Listen, you don't. Tim took the words out of my mouth. Listen, Tyler, you're a new golfer. We're all golfing, by the way, when it gets warm. Uh, Tyler, just new to golf. Uh, Tim, not new to golf. Uh, me, very not new to golf. Um, so we're definitely going to be golfing, uh, which is awesome. We can talk baseball on the golf course. Just know it's the only place you can legally drink and drive. So, <laughs> so I'm just saying, so it's going to be a good time, but yes, golf needs to change. Sports are an imminent change. We've talked about it for baseball already All the changes that are happening. There are golfers out there and whether it be Gary player or, or some of the older golfers that, that are finding problems with this and don't get me wrong. Uh, you're watching a golf tournament. There's a stigma on it of the way it's supposed to run. Um, but if you ask the players in the tournament and you ask the fans, who's going to tell you that it's not good? Not the players and not the fans. They're going to say it's worth it. And listen, Carlos Ortiz had a ho- hit a home run. That's funny. We're talking about baseball. I'm talking <laughs> about a home run. He got a hole in one on 16, and then he drove the green on 17 and made an eagle putt. So he's four under through two holes and made himself relevant. Be- and and he also got showered <laughs> by beer on the green. I showed my I showed my, I showed Amber, my girlfriend, that video, and she thought that it was fake. She didn't think it was real at all. I I've never seen that before. So I don't watch golf, but I saw that. I was like, holy crap! Like that is amazing. But then I was also thinking, like, all right, like I'm new to this. So what are other people's mindsets on this? Like, yeah, that's that was fantastic. Yeah. I'm honored down with it. You can't have that. On, th- on with every tournament and on every hole, but for that for the sixteenth, that's what that's known for, and it can stay there forever. That is the most it it it's on the website for it. It's the most electrical in golf. Yep, for 100%. a reason. They sell sky boxes or like two hundred seventy five sky boxes. You get beer to your sky box up there to watch. The the tickets are dumb. They make so much money. I think they. I heard a stat, Tim, and you might have heard it too. I think they had 120,000 different people just at that golf tournament in four days. I think it was 120,000 people. I uh, depending see on that on the attendance, but I, I would believe it. It's it's crazy. And yes, you've watched the Masters, just the biggest golf tournament 
It's prime. It's prim. It's proper. There's no stick. There's no grass out of place. There's not as much talking. It's more serious. It's at a private country club. It's at a private country club with rules, uh, very somewhat racist rules. So like it gets weird depending on what tournament it is. And Tim's 100% right. It can't be on every hole. It can't be at every course and it can't be at every tournament, but that's known for it. That's what it's known for. And that's what it's grew to become. So like, it's got to stay and it's awesome because, and, and, and throughout the tournament, if you watch golf, if you don't watch golf, most people don't Tim and I do and avidly. So when you see that you can't go two shots when they go hold a hold a show shot to shot for different people, they always go, but every other shot is the 16th hole. As long as somebody has gotten there and on the course and it's not too early in the day and they show it and you hear the screams, you hear how happy these people are, how much money they spent to be there. Money drives everything. The purses are going up because they're making changes like this in golf. And now, I mean, if I'm not, this ain't no golf podcast, but Tim, we might have to do a, a podcast on this super league pro tour that's brewing with Phil Mickelson and what have you. Oh, this is, this is insanity that what I'm reading about this super, super pro tour. That's going to challenge the challenge, the PGA, which is insanity, but we could talk about that on our own podcast or we'll bring Tyler and we'll teach him about the super league and whatever the hell that is. Cause he's not as avid as of now of the super league. fresh so, golfer. Yep. 100% fresh. <laughs> there you go. Fresh golfer right on the course. So thank you guys. Once again, you heard the Twitter, you heard the, the name for the Facebook, you know, the name of the podcast, all in man cave pod say bye to the people for the third time, even though it was definitely <laughs> worth both the extras <laughs> later. See ya. And as I always say, Later.